It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams. Typically, we'd be doing our crossover section. Uh, we're up to week eight, I believe, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but we're just having a little trouble kind of connecting with Lockdown Bengals. So what we're going to do is I think we're going to postpone that till next week. Uh, one of these weeks here, I'll start doubling up as we've got uh, a few games to get to. And we are getting closer and closer, as we spoke on uh, earlier this week, as we we're getting closer to training camp and getting the guys back down to Irvine in some helmets, soon into some pads, start figuring out this roster. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about this roster uh, today. We're going to hit some NFL news and notes. Haven't done that in a while. Kind of take a look around the league at some of the other stuff that's happening. Uh, we're going to touch on the supplemental draft that we talked about yesterday with Jake and kind of recap that. And then we're going to kind of do something that we'll be talking to multiple people about, but um, just kind of a breakdown on this team. Some early predictions as far as comeback player, breakout player, you know, biggest disappointment, those type of things, MVP on the team, and just kind of get a general idea of my thoughts on where we sit. And then we'll continue to have that conversation with other people that we have on the podcast, talk to them about their expectations for these players, this team, uh, you know, and that's something that we can reflect back on later in the season. But before we get off and running, don't forget you can find us on the new streaming app, Himalaya. Download it. It's free. Check us out. You can also listen to Google Podcasts. Spotify, iTunes, all the regular spots. If you want to reach out to us, LockdownRams at gmail.com, as well as LockdownRams on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group, as well as my personal LA underscore rambling bear. All the social medias are covered. Hit us up, interact. Let us know if you have any questions. I know we've got some listeners that are kind of taking a break. I totally get it. And as we get closer to the season, we'll start cranking it up with some listener engagement and Got a couple ideas for some giveaways to get you guys um, get you guys some cool stuff and get you involved in the show. Uh, we always appreciate you listening. Anytime you get a chance, if you want to leave a review, always awesome. Kind of helps with the ranking and everything like that. Uh, if you have anybody that's looking for advertisements on the show, we've got space coming up into the season and across Lockdown Podcast Network. So if you're outside of the area, you own a business. Uh, and you're looking for some advertising opportunity, reach out to me. Let me know. We've got opportunities all across the country, depending on where you're listening from. So always want to make sure you know that. And before we get going, I, I do want to do something. I, we This was kind of over the weekend, and I forgot to mention it on the podcast the first couple of days back. But as you know, we've talked with Derek C. Apollo from Talk Rams, Rams Talk Radio. And he reached out to me. Uh, over that 4th of July week and asking for our help and some support for a Ramley member out there uh, that was a part of his staff, a, a writer on his team over at Rams Talk Radio. And it is for Dom Samara. And if you haven't heard about this yet, take a look. And I've, I've retweeted it on uh, my Twitter, uh, Derek C. Apollo, who is at DC Apollo, C-I-A-P-A-L-A. Uh, has also shared it a bunch. There's a GoFundMe for Dom, uh, again, a staff writer for them, 
somebody that's been a part of their team for a long time, has gone through some things personally in his life. He had a fire at his house a while, a while ago. He went to go save his dog, fell down the steps, uh, hurt his back, has been kind of dealing with pain uh, almost you know, since that accident happened, which it sounds like many, many years ago. So uh, he's trying to move and get some treatment up in the Seattle, Washington area. And they kind of put together a, a GoFundMe, which I think is awesome. This is a great opportunity uh, to help out some Ramley members, people in this community that are all Rams fans. Uh, that's what I think is awesome about these podcasts and uh, these content and different platforms and us all kind of working together over the summer and just kind of all keeping it copacetic is because when things like this happen, you can kind of lean on people that you're close to. They have a $5,000 goal right now. He's up to about 2,800. So I uh, just want to ask you guys if you have anything, $5, $10, if you, if you can throw more, that is great. Uh, you can put it up, you, you know, you put your name with it on the GoFundMe. You can also put it as anonymous. So whatever you want, just, just go check it out. Um, Turf Show Times has retweeted it. Uh, shared it on their site as well, so I'm sure you can find it. If you can't, hit me up. I just gave you all my social media information, but I want to make sure that I gave a shout-out to Dom, uh, Derek C. Apollo for putting this on and, and really asking us to kind of help out. Anytime you can help out the Ramley, I think is a great opportunity and just shows this fan base. You know, We talked about our fan base being ranked number 32, but seeing that you know they've got close to $3,000 uh, over a few days brought together from our fan base, I think is a really cool thing and something that I can totally support. So I just want to make sure I mentioned that on the podcast. I've done it on social media world, but I haven't had a chance to do it yet. So uh, go check it out and go help if you can. So with that, I'll transition into my first break. We'll take a step aside. We'll get some words from some of our sponsors. We'll be back Thursday edition Lockdown Rams right after this. And in fact, before we kick it over, I'll talk to you about one of our sponsors. We've got BlueChew.com. You guys know of them. We love them here at Lockdown Podcast. They are one of our sponsors, and they're a great product. It's simple. They've got the same active ingredients as Cialis and Viagra, so you know they work. But instead of going to the doctor, instead of going and talking to multiple people, having to wait in the pharmacy, overpaying for a product that you can get elsewhere, Blue Chew is made in the U.S., delivers right to your house, again, you don't have to go to the pharmacy and get called up to the front and talk to a doctor about all this. And by the way, this isn't for people that just can't perform in the bedroom. This is really kind of a boost or to get you better in the bedroom. Something that kind of, as you get older, maybe you're losing a little bit of the mojo. Maybe you only scored three points in the Super Bowl. I don't know what your issue is, but this is going to help you get across the goal line and score a touchdown. So check it out, bluechew.com. Remember, because of the Lockdown Podcast Network, they're sending it to you for free. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping or whatever it is. Uh, get a trial on this. Test it out. Again, that is BlueChew.com. Promo code LOCKDOWN. BlueChew is better, cheaper, and the faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We'll be right back. Thursday edition, Lockdown Rams, right after this. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. 
Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, Locked On Rams Thursday. Your boy Bear breaking it down. We're picking up where we left off. Uh, We talked about wanting to do some around the NFL, and we'll get to that. But we talked yesterday with Jake Ellenbogen from Downtown Rams. If you guys didn't get a chance, go back. It was a really good conversation that we had, a really informative conversation about the supplemental draft, something that doesn't get a lot of the hype. And as Jake kind of pointed out, probably because these guys a lot are either coming off of a disappointing grades or a misconduct that brought them out of the regular draft. So maybe something that they don't want to really highlight. But there's some good players that come out from year to year and really has gained popularity in the last few years. The big snag this year was Jalen Thompson. Uh, He is a safety out of Washington State. And we had talked about how the Rams could set up and potentially look at going to get Thompson, what it would take, where they should kind of give up a draft pick. And that's basically what it is. You're giving up a 2020 draft pick to go get him. He kind of a silent auction via email, which is just an interesting process uh, by itself. But uh, we found out today that we did not land Jalen Thompson. And I think talking with Jake yesterday, I kind of came to the understanding that depending on the value of what we had to give up and what we are comfortable with, it might not work out. And the Rams may just want to keep that pick uh, and use it elsewhere, whether that's in a trade later or even just using the pick in 2020. But uh, we kind of projected, and, and Jake projected him as a fourth-round pick, and that's what it would take for the Rams to get him. And he probably would have been right, because the Arizona Cardinals, staying within the division, went and picked him up with a fifth-round pick. I remember, as he talked about that tiered situation, the Arizona Cardinals uh, were in the first tier as far as opportunity to get the player. Uh, so there may have been other teams that that gave up a fifth-round pick but they were the ones obviously with the first rights to him so they picked him up he was the only player selected this year and that's kind of typical maybe one or two players max obviously there's not a deep uh, draft for this I think there was five six players maybe available again Thompson was that 510 188 pounds recorded 140 tackles and six interceptions in the past two seasons as a Cougar up in Washington State he was named all Pac-12 second team in 2017 and honorable mention in 2018. And it's interesting because we talked about, or at least my concern also was, was bringing him into a crowded secondary, right? We spent two draft picks on our secondary. 
Uh, we picked up Weddle. We've got Talib and Peters, John Johnson. And as Jake mentioned, a lot of those guys are coming off the book soon. We have to make decisions on them. So maybe adding another young player where we don't have to go deep into a contract might have been an asset for us. But the Cardinals now kind of are in the same situation. A very, very crowded secondary. Uh, they've got DJ Swearinger, who they picked up, and Buda Baker as their starters. They also drafted Alabama safety uh, Deontay Thompson, as well as picking up a cornerback in the second round. So they have kind of stacked that area as well, looking for talent, trying to see you know who's going to rise to the top, really bringing in some competition. And remember, the other guys that didn't get drafted now become free agents in a sense. So the other big target that we were talking about was West Virginia wide receiver Marcus Sims. Early sources are saying that he's going to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, pending a physical tomorrow. So all likelihood, those guys will get picked up. But uh, there's still a couple guys. We talked about that massive six foot seven tight end, uh, expecting them to kind of get on with teams over the next you know handful of days and as camp gets closer. And maybe they won't, but uh, not a whole lot coming out for the Rams today. They stayed pretty inactive when it came to this. It was kind of... I think as we talk with Jake, I mean, the excitement level was there for these guys, but the actual understanding of the Rams giving up what they had to to go get them uh, wasn't going to be the case, and and that was really what happened today. So I think we're still good as far as the secondary. Some good players that were out there. Wide receiver, obviously talking about Sims, just not really a need for the Rams right now going to camp, especially what we saw from Josh Reynolds last year. And really expectations for Josh Reynolds as we kind of start to switch here a little bit is... Got to be a lot higher than it was last year, um, especially now that we saw him in a consistent role in a wide receiver filling in for Cooper Cup. Obviously, Cooper Cup is back, but adding depth to that wide receiver position, being able to rotate guys, come out with different matchups. Also, if the Rams want to switch it up from that 11 personnel that we continue to talk about, giving them a little bit more depth at the wide receiver position, allowing them to put four wide receivers on the field at once or going five wide occasionally. So um, that adds value and that's what's exciting about you know seeing what we did last year with the wide receiver position so i want to talk to you about a couple things that were going on in the nfl before we kick over to our third and final segment we'll start with the texans who came out today and said they're not going to hire a gm for 2019 and instead will split up those responsibility among existing front office members if you don't remember they recently fired i think it was back in early june uh, Brian Gain, as their GM, was released. He had only been in the role since January of 2018. Uh, I don't know if they... It was weird timing. It was like right after the draft. Houston finished 11-5 and last year, won the AFC South. So I'm not sure exactly what went wrong there. Uh, but they decided to really just not fill that position and really divvy up the responsibilities across, I think, four or five people. They actually tried to go out and talk with the New England Patriots director of player personnel uh, and got declined. And really, potentially almost got in a position where they lost um, some draft picks over it because you need permission from a team. They didn't get permission. They tried to be sneaky a little bit. So they kind of just let that one go. And now they've really just come out and said, no GM, it's not needed, which is kind of interesting in my eye. But again, a team that went 11-5 and last year, I don't know what happened. Uh, Most GMs around the league would be getting a raise or definitely a a pat on the back. Uh, Not the case here. And then a couple random stories, some sad stories. Uh, Dolphins second year player. I think he's the first year with the Dolphins, but Kendrick Norton uh, is recovering now from a car accident that led to an amputation of his left arm last week. 
Still not a whole lot of details, but it sounds like his truck hit a barrier, flipped over uh, part of the recovery process and really just saving his life, uh, was amputating that arm. Crazy thing, and the nice thing, the good spin on this story is he wasn't a big-name player. He didn't have a big contract. Uh, He actually was a practice player off another roster uh, and was kind of in hopes of making the roster for the Dolphins this year. Uh, Still a big uphill battle for him, but the NFL has stepped in with some help telling Norton that all of his medical bills will be covered under the league and the Dolphins insurance policy, uh, which is awesome because it's not something that they really had to do. Uh, but again, these, this organization, the NFL, makes so much damn money, and this is a great opportunity for them to come and kind of support the people and not really turn their back. So unfortunate situation. Uh, again, not to me, t- too many details on what exactly happened, uh, but now he's got to really focus on recovering and moving forward on his life. But the nice thing is at least he won't have to pay any of those medical bills and all of that junk. So Um, And then when you think that story is just as crazy, then you see more come out with the Tyreek Hill situation. Uh, There was talks of him, you know, obviously being suspended as uh, audio was leaked about him breaking his child's arm. And it was kind of this hidden tape that his former girlfriend did. And then all of a sudden now it comes out that there's a longer version of the tape. Uh, and that it is not as clear as it was before. They've been investigating him and still are investigating him. We don't know exactly what the NFL is going to do with Hill and if the Chiefs are going to do anything, if he's going to miss any games out of this. But you started to see a little bit bigger of the picture. I'm not going to really come out and say that uh, this guy is clean and you know he's getting harassed now and we need to look at a different way to approach this. But uh, some interesting developments coming out of that. We'll keep an eye on that because obviously Chiefs one of the better teams in the AFC West. Uh, rivals of the LA Chargers and really kind of really built some excitement with us last year in that big monster game that we put up over 100 points and uh, is up for an SB probably as we speak recording this Wednesday and the SBs are going on here in Los Angeles and that game is up for NFL game of the year or in general just game of the year Uh, so more to come on that and then Duke Johnson still trying to get out of Cleveland, and now it looks like he's going to part ways with his agent. She actually texted ESPN, said she was really proud to be able to secure him a lucrative extension uh, when they were together, but uh, they are no longer together. He's probably pretty upset um, trying to get out of there. Again, he signed a three-year, $15.6 million extension with the Browns that puts him under contract till 2021. We'll see if he lives that out. Obviously, they have continued to add running backs and playmakers. Uh, Nick Chubb was drafted that season. Uh, Kareem Hunt, another Kansas City drama story, potentially you could say, uh, is added to the roster as well. So it's starting to become a crowded backfield there. Duke is looking to kind of get a little bit more action. We'll see. Uh, He also, Baker Mayfield kind of came out and said, dude, he needs to just shut up. Uh, Some of the teammates weren't very happy with that. So some drama that we talked about when we did our Locked On Browns crossover. We'll see them week three, Sunday night football. More information coming on that. But what we'll do is we'll step aside. We'll take a break. I'll be back. Third segment, Lockdown Rams, right after this. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. 
Thursday edition Lockdown Rams. Your boy Bear breaking it all down. And we're moving on. Don't forget you can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear. Lockdown Rams. All accounts. I miss you guys, man. Hit me up. Say what's up. But we're going to roll into this last and final segment here uh, of the day. We're going to talk a little bit. that We're going to continue to have this conversation with multiple people. Uh, you see a lot of this on Twitter uh, where it's kind of like copy and paste and fill in your own answers. And that's kind of what this is. Uh, a little looking ahead to this season uh, and what we think is really going to come out of as far as, I don't want to say these little mini awards, but comeback player, breakout player, Biggest disappointment, who will land the next big contract, and maybe the team MVP. So what I'm going to do is kind of break those down. I'll continue to kind of throw this across people as I get them on the show and kind of ask their opinion on what they think and who they think is going to have a big year, maybe a step back uh, as you look at this team. There's going to be some surprise players. There's going to be a lot of young guys getting more opportunities, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, something we'll talk about. Uh, We'll start right off the top here. Comeback player of the year for the Rams. I think this is hands down because there's not many people in this category. I think you could probably put uh, Cooper Cup. You could put Obo Okoronko as he didn't play at all last year. You almost might even be able to put Clay Matthews in this category. Uh, Coming off of down year in Green Bay. Maybe that would be a comeback player of the year. But I think it's this is hands down. This is probably one of the simplest ones that we'll give out today. Comeback player of the year is going to be Cooper Cup. I mean, this guy was off to an amazing, incredible start last year. Um, you know, ended up tying the team in touchdowns in his, you know, brief appearance in the season last year. Uh, he seems to be a favorite of Jared Goff. He seems to be a third down target of Jared Goff. He seems to kind of be like just the go-to man when it is needed. Obviously, we saw Robert Woods step up and kind of take on that role and do it wonderfully. And when the three were together, it was always one of them going off. You'd see big numbers from somebody. Uh, And I think Cooper Cup's going to step back in and and get close to where he was last year. I don't know if he's going to come back and be exactly what he was right away, but the three-headed monster is really what brings value to our wide receivers. And exactly what I just said a second ago is when one uh, would struggle or they'd focus on one, the other one would go off and, and vice versa. It's tough to to guard all three of these guys at once. And that was why the 11 personnel was so great because on top of that, we had Todd Gurley running through the tackles uh, being untouched. So the combination of our run game with our passing game and, and the improvement of Jared Goff really lends to the, the helping of Cooper Cup being the comeback player of the year. Uh, if he can just fit back into that mold. So we'll see. And and we mentioned earlier in the show, I think Josh Reynolds is going to get some more playing time. Obviously, we have Daryl Henderson, who's throwing into the mix on the offense. But Cooper Cup, my pick for comeback player of the year, I expect this guy to get back to where he was. I mean, we're talking looking at a guy that can come close to 1,000 yards. I think he's going to land short of that. I I have him at about 850 yards. uh, Close to that 6-7 touchdown mark would be great. All that would be an incredible season. But really... Uh, you know, the ceiling's a little bit higher for that, for what he can get. But I think that's where he's going to land. So Cooper Cup is my comeback player of the year pick. Moving on, we'll go to the breakout player. This guy is going to come out here and kind of put himself on the map. If we were going to look back to last season, I think that would be Corey Littleton, a guy that was coming in with little experience. We didn't know exactly what we were going to get out of him. Again, I always go back to uh, him doing a couple things for us. One, being a special team monster, leading the NFL in block punts since he's come into the league. 
And then taking on that responsibility of being the communicator for the defense. It's, it's not a small role. Getting that little green sticker on your helmet, that means you are the one guy that can talk to whoever that may be, whether it's Wade Phillips or one of the other coaches that's in his ear, you know, signaling in the plays. He's the guy, and he took that role on uh, in stride, and now we're expecting amazing things from him. Now I expect him to kind of take one step further and continue to be a leader of that you know, linebacking core, which, again, has a lot of young guys that are going to step up. And that's kind of what the direction I'm going. I think the breakout player this year is going to be Micah Kaiser, a guy we have seen zero snaps on during the regular season on the defense. Yes, he did a lot for us on the special teams unit, which, in fact, he was on the field for 62.7% of those special teams snaps. And remember, this is a guy who is a tackle machine. I almost look at him kind of like a broke man's Luke Kinkley. And not to be offensive to Michael Kaiser, I just think he's a little bit smaller, not as big as far as weight goes. Um, I think Luke Kinkley's like 6'3", 6'4", 240. Mike Kaiser's more 6'1", 6'2", 220. Uh, not as great in pass coverage that we know of as yet, kind of looking back on his tape and watching some of those draft profiles that came out. But he's a tackle monster. Three years in a row, he led the ACC in tackles. And really, if you look back at the stats, I mean, he just got better and better every year. In his sophomore year, he cranks out 117 tackles. That was after barely playing as a freshman. Uh, Then from sophomore to junior year, 117 to 133 as far as tackles go. And don't forget, he's also interacting in different ways. He's also contributing in different ways. He had one interception that year and five forced fumbles that year. And then his senior year, continuing to take another step from 133 tackles to 143 tackles. We talked about, and I continue, I mean, you guys probably know this stat by now, giving up more than five yards per average on the ground in the run game. Mike Kaiser is a tackle monster, and he is really fit to stop the run. He is a find him, track him down, get him. Not the fastest guy, not the best in coverage, but... See ball, attack ball, tackle ball. And that is what this guy does. And that's what I'm excited to see. So I think for the amount of reps that this guy's going to get and the opportunity to play in 2019, Mike Kaiser is going to be our breakthrough player. There's a couple other guys that, you know, you'll probably hear as I continue to talk about this. John Franklin Meyer, another breakout potential. Sebastian Joseph Day. These guys are going to get some more reps. Daryl Henderson, how he can contribute to the team right away. Uh, So there's some other opportunities here, but Micah Kaiser is my pick for breakout player of the year. I have some big hopes for him. I was excited when we got him. As things kind of lined up, uh, it's looking like he's going to get the start there. Obviously, we still have to go through camp. There's a couple other guys in the linebacking position that you know may fight for that. Obviously, we brought over Clay Matthews. I think he's going to be more of an outside guy, though. Uh, Bryce Hager, who I'm not crazy in love with, but Rams are. They gave him another one-year deal to stay on the team. There will be some healthy competition in camp, but all signs point that he is the favorite right now. And with the skill level... And what my expectations for him, I think he's going to come out on top. We'll keep this thing rolling. We'll go a little negative now. A little positive stuff, and there's got to be that negative. The biggest disappointment, uh, I hate this part of it, but I think this is going to be Michael Brockers. Uh, He's had some kind of up and down years here, the last couple years, uh, where he's been really impactful. And then last year, I think he had had a solid year. Um, But he's coming into his last year contract to get about $10 million. Will he play to that money that he's earning? I don't think so. Uh, Kind of even taking off of my last, you know, category, John Franklin Myers, Sebastian Joseph Day, the 
a surgence of those guys, I think, is really going to kind of hurt Michael Brockers as well as far as the opportunity he gets um, and really kind of production. So can we see him get back there and help Aaron Donald with some sacks? Can he help improve the run game? Uh, is it going to help with Sue gone, giving him more of an opportunity? All those things are yet to be said, but I think Michael Brockers, sadly, might be one of the biggest disappointments this year. The other I got his tight end, Tyler Higby. Um, we've been kind of waiting for somebody to take the reins there. It looks like Gerald Everett is slowly becoming that guy. Uh, Higby and Goff do have a good rapport together, and that's one thing that does get me excitement. But there's a lot of guys we've talked over the past month or two that we've brought in. It's almost like the organization is saying tight end is something we need to improve. We'll see if any of those guys can make a push and be competition for Tyler Higby. He's coming into his last year uh, on his contract. So again, if he has a big year, maybe that is the way to get back onto this roster, get another contract. But most likely, in my opinion, those two guys I just mentioned, Michael Brockers and Tyler Higby, uh, potentially no longer Rams in 2019. The only way I see Michael Brockers sticking around is if he takes kind of one of those hometown discounts and wants to be a leader. He is liked in the organization um, and I think Tyler Higby is too, but I just think as far as production, those two guys are guys that I've circled on the roster as far as seeing lack of production and potentially moving on in 2020. And as we talk about future, uh, one of the next categories is who's going to land the next big extension. The Rams have given out plenty of those in the past couple of years, obviously Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald, just to name a few. Jared Goff is right behind that. We know he is going to get some big bucks uh, so who's going to be the next one? I'm going to take Jared Goff out of, the, out of the equation. I actually think it will be Marcus Peters. They have let cornerbacks go in the past, uh, just looking in the last few years, letting the big name go. Marcus Peters is young. Uh, this is Obviously, this is playing out his final year of his rookie contract, his fifth year, which we picked up when we took him over on the trade. I think they really like this guy. Not knowing how much Tlaib is going to be, we drafted, obviously, uh, cornerback position, David Long out of Michigan. Uh, so that is an area that I think that they know that they need to improve on. So to, to potentially lose two all-pro starters, uh, depending on what Tlaib is going to do and how much longer he wants to play football or stay in L.A., I think that you want to lock one of those guys up. Um, yes, it's going to be some big bucks, but I think Marcus Peters is the next big contract. And again, that would be a coin toss for me between who gets done first, whether it's Marcus Peters or Jared Goff, because I think both those players will be longtime Rams. How committed am I to that answer? Well, let's just say I haven't gone out and got my Marcus Peters jersey. I have one coming from the Seahawkers podcast from our bet, which I need to figure out who I'm getting as far as the jersey goes. I don't know if I'm ready to get a number, you know, 22 laced up on my back yet, but I believe that that is what's going to happen. I think the Rams would be smart to do that as well, locking up another core piece on the defense. And then last but not least, the MVP of the team at the end of the year. Who's the guy we're going to look back and said, man, we couldn't have done it without you. And I think it is a no-brainer, and it's shocking we haven't talked about this guy at all in the past couple of days, but that's Aaron Donald, a guy, again, up for multiple ESPYs tonight. I don't think he's going to take any of them home because of the quarterback position. Uh, he's up for NFL Player of the Year, as well as Todd Gurley, uh, but also Patrick Mahomes is up in that category, and I think he's going to take that home tonight. But personal MVP, it's got to be Aaron Donald at the end of the year. Looking at what he does on the defense side of the ball, wrecking an offensive game plan. Um, I think it was six or seven games last year. We had multiple sacks, two, three sack games. 
Uh, it's just amazing how they have to game plan for him. And no matter what you do as far as game planning for him, you can't stop him. And having these crossovers are always really fun because, you know, talking with people and understanding that he's even looking at the first seven games we talked, I think he's going to face two rookies on how the schedule goes. I think it was down in Tampa Bay and out in Cleveland uh, where they've got some new additions to the line. So, He's going to have another big monster year. He plays really well against Russell Wilson. He's got a rookie in Kyler Murray at Arizona. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, with the 49ers. So within his own division, he's done really well. Outside of the division, he's done really really well. The guy just stacks up sacks. I think he's going to do it again. Obviously, I think on the offense side of the ball, you could look at Todd Gurley, who I think will have a chance to be a team MVP. I think he's going to have a big year. Or Jared Goff, but I think they're going to spread the ball around so much that it's not going to be the factor. Our defense, our offense is there, right? 30 points a year last year, last two years. Sean McVay behind the helm. Our offense will continue to run. It's our defense that is going to need to make those big plays in the fourth quarter, closing out games, and really once we get into the playoffs. So Aaron Donald is the catalyst of that. Had, I don't want to say a quiet postseason. He still was the impact. People are double, triple teaming him. But I think he's going to have a bigger postseason this year. Um, His first taste of the playoffs in general. uh, So getting kind of that experience under your belt, I think it's going to really pave the way for him to have a big postseason if we can get there again this year uh, to kind of take over. And hopefully, uh, talking about some of those other guys on the line, John Franklin Myers and you know, potentially the growth of Fowler Jr., Clay Matthews, our secondary staying healthy. Those things are only going to make it easier for him. Uh, So Aaron Donald, my MVP for the 2019 season. I know it's an easy one. It's kind of a cop out, but at the same time, go get it, big fella. But with that said, we are done. Thursday episode in the books. I appreciate you guys listening. Give me a hit, hit me up. Let me know where you guys are listening from. Let me know when you listen, how you listen. I want to know what's going on with my listener base. I appreciate you guys so much. But as always, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.